All right. Well, first I want to ask, what are, well, first I want to ask, what are some of the traps you could fall into in the pursuit of film and television, in the pursuit of becoming the biggest actor, in pursuit of being in movies, in pursuit of just a goal in general? What are some of the traps you could fall into? Um, what I mean by traps is, you know, I've been noticing friends, acquaintances, even some family who have fallen victim to substance abuse and, uh, you know, things of that nature. Uh, Name some of the traps that people, the pitfall that people fall into in life that just are so hard to climb out of. That's a really good question. I think people just, I think the everyday life, like the conventions, like your cell phone, hanging out with friends, going out to bars and everything, I feel like that stops more people. The majority, yes, people do fall into substance abuse and everything like that, but I feel like the trap is just not being focused and disciplined, which is your attention being pulled in many different directions where you lose sight of your initial goal. I've known people who've been out here for a long time, but they're working nine to five jobs, not even pursuing acting anymore, but yet they still want to be actors mm -hmm. or they still want to be writers or they still want to be dancers or whatever it is in the entertainment industry that they're pursuing because they get distracted by life. You know, yes, acting is a part of life or and being in the entertainment industry is a part of life. You should be living a life. You shouldn't you shouldn't focus 100 percent on the entertainment industry. But I've seen life like working a nine to five job, having to pay the bills, finances, really distracting people and pulling them away from the reason as to why they moved out here in the first place. So you say the biggest pitfall I'm pursuing Specifically, the film industry is like the daily, like the everyday job. Uh, maybe you work at Starbucks, maybe you work a nine to five or some sort of uh, tech company. A job without flexibility. A job without flexibility. Right. Because, you um, know, it's expensive out here, man. Like, you, you know, you've been out here for seven years. You've made it work for yourself, dude. It's, it's, it's expensive. And it, those, extend, you know, you, got, you have to have a job. Mm -hmm. You have to have a job that pays the bills. And at the end of the day... My really good friend, Chuck Doran, hopefully he's watching this. He says, that they, when, I remember I told him I wanted to be an actor, and I was thinking about quitting my old tobacco job to just pursue acting full time. And he told me over the phone, he says, Josh, I understand you feel that way, but at the end of the day, you have to buy the groceries, a.k.a. you have to pay your bills. Yeah, some of my friends who've uh, made it um, the farthest thus far, they kept a day job all the way up to the point they couldn't. Right, mm -hmm. so it was when the schedule, the shoot schedule was just so crazy they couldn't. A lot of them would do, you know, be on major TV shows for a couple episodes to kept a day job. You know, I have a friend of mine who's um, been in movies since 2006. Um, you know, I want to go into movies because I feel like it would be easy to nail him down, but he was, he, um, yeah, he was, he's, he's, he's led in a lot of movies. Um, he's been a big part of. You know, this movement of film since 2006 and 2007. Uh, sharp looking guy and st still has it, you know, just booked something else major here in 2023. But he looked over to me, he said, Hey man, you know, any jobs that I can have to like some of my income in the meantime, like any jobs I can have. And so if you think about it, he's been doing it for 15, you know, someone has to do the math for me, but I guess that's 17 years. And a day job is still not off the table for him. He's trying to drive, and he's trying to do bartending, he's trying to do something of that nature. You know, and that's why we talk about uh, a lot of financial education on here as well, uh, even though we're going to the journey with you on that. 
is because end of the day, high income combated by hyperconsumption, it doesn't matter if you have high income anymore. You know, it's like me playing a basketball game and I score 120 on the team and we're all cheering and clapping and you look on the, you look on the other scoreboard and they're at 160. It don't matter that I put up 120. Yeah, yeah, I still lost. Yeah, we still lost by a great deal. 160 yeah. is like, damn. We might as well not play it at all. And even amongst the 120 points, it's still your it's still your efficiency. Like, how many shots did it take you to get the 120? How you know what I mean? Like, what did you sh like? Yeah, did you take most of the shots on the team? How many assists do you have? Like Kyrie Irving, I remember one game he had 34 points but no assist, and right. the media was dogging him because like, yeah, you had 34 points but you had no assist. Right. Even though they, I think they won that game too. Yeah. And they were still dogging him for not having any assist. I think he had a couple of rebounds, but he just, right. yeah, so. I guess it goes about this, this, how sustainable, you know, you're earning your income and how sustainable you built it up to go. But, yeah, yeah you know, I've seen so many people um, make the income they, they, they prayed for just to, a month later from not to have it. It, like, slips through their hands. And that's why your way of handling money is the most important part about this. How do you, if you get $10, how do you divide the ten dollars is more important. It's the same way you're gonna divide ten thousand, same way you're gonna divide ten million, uh, same way you're gonna divide a hundred a hundred million. So um, you know it, you know, it's really important how we handle that. Um, do, do you defense. think do you think those people you said they had it one month and then they didn't have it the next month. Do you think that's because of the how expensive Los Angeles is? Or do you think it's a combination of how expensive Los Angeles is for, and how they're not handling their funds correctly. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with, you know, what they think they deserve to have. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with just the defense of money, uh, the, the defense on it. Um, just like in sports, people don't feel like they have to defend their money. They feel like once they do, that means that they're, you know, inadequate. Yeah, they feel like they're broke if you're defending your money. But if you think about it, we talk about it all the time. We talk about it quite a bit that you know you want to look at successful handling of money. You don't look at a demographic. Just look at the banks and look at insurance companies. And anytime you have an insurance claim, how much of a fight they give you just to give you the bare minimal. Yeah. But they have no problem withdrawing from you monthly for the past you know ten years. But as soon as you have a claim. They will fight with you tooth and nail, and you might get fifteen hundred out of it. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but they, they have they have they have people called adjusters, which is pretty much their def their defenders, who are you know making sure you don't score on them. They're making sure that um, anything that you do score is going to be minimal, you know, minimal damage to them, and so they accumulate um, a crazy amount of wealth playing defense and. It's just like when they, the same thing goes in business when they say that your profit doesn't come from the selling, your profit comes from the buying. You want to mm -hmm. buy low and sell high. Well, same goes from generate, uh, you know, accumulating wealth. Your profit doesn't come from uh, offense per se, your profit comes more so from defense. And that's something to always keep in mind. No, that's, that's true. And I just, I just realized that even amongst my own family finances has always been a comfortable topic to talk about. Yeah. And one thing I wish they taught in high school and even in the university was financial education because they kind of just throw you into a fire. I remember when I got my first refund check and I had no idea how to open up a bank account whatsoever. So I had to go to, I had to, go to the U.S. bank office, open up a student checking account, 
And then, you know, they, they just did it for me. And I had all this money and I had no idea what to do with it. And my friends and I, we were all bad with money, like really, really bad. We just blew through, like whenever we got a, our refund check, we just blew through it. Yeah. It, yeah. It got to the point where I remember I was sitting on my couch and I got a refund check and I looked at the refund check. It was a lot, but I really thought to myself, like, man, this is not going to last me for the semester. Like I need to make this last. Right. You know what I mean? I need to stop going out. I need to stop buying all this stuff. Right. So I got a job at the casino, became a cook, mm-hmm. went from cook to being a blackjack dealer, started dealing. At, I was making like $1,000 every two weeks. Oh, no, wow. Yeah, and that's a lot for college. I was paying like 200 in rent. Yeah. And I just remember that revelation came to me, how important finances were. Yeah. And it was really starting to rub off on me then. You know, it, it took a while because this, like this was like my senior year in college. Right. But once I started to realize how important finances were handling my money, especially these refund checks that I'm getting, mm-hmm. I, I really, it really started to click for me, you know? But, yeah. yeah, I know, especially amongst men and women feel the same, whether they become, if we speak about it or not, but especially amongst men, finances are uh, become more important the older you get. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, as uh, there's another group of people that are speaking about this, which is kind of funny to me, they're saying that in the rap game, I don't care what you've done. If you're not walking away with money, you're a joke. You're kind of laughed at or, or, or frowned upon. And you're still respected for the body of artistic work you made. But if you're not walking away like Jay-Z, if you're not walking away like Dre is with all that money, you're into, into in pop culture is already taking an L. And you're kind of slept on. So you can't really be an OG without walking away with money. In, in the rap industry. Yeah. And if you think about that same goes for the film industry, I mean, I'm sure a lot of actors out there are Googling Leonardo DiCaprio's net worth, are Googling Will Smith's net worth, are looking into that because it's like all the artistic things you've brought us are great, but I hope that you're reaping the benefit of all the, you know, all the great service you've done for us. And so, you know, that that's, the, that's probably more of the superficial side of money, but... It's it. We all recognize it's important to be rewarded for our for for our work, uh, whether it be through IP, whether it be through physical labor, whether it be through whatever. We we all agree that the amount of service we do in the world um, should equal to a, a, a said amount earned. So mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, other than that, let me see. Um, I think I said timer. <clears throat> What's up? Set timer for 10 minutes. I'll let it go to five. <clears throat> anyway, so when it comes back to it, though, the main topic at hand is um, what are the pitfalls um, people can make on their journey to success, whatever the metric of success is. We, I recognize people's metric of success is different. You know, some people's metric of success is having a family having the most people out there, having the most people around their deathbed, having the most people around their funeral that love them dearly, which is a really great goal. Some people's metric of success is uh, running the world, uh, having the fancy cars, the nice house, a lot of women, or, you know, the woman who's on front of every magazine with the designer, you know, bags and whatever. You have it. The metric of success changes for everybody. It's different for everybody. 
Um, but that being said, though, what are some of the pitfalls that we could fall into on our mission to success um, in the film industry? Right, just lack of attention and focus. Okay. Yeah, I think we make things more complicated than it has to be. You know, we look up these, oh, how to how to create a to-do list or how to be more, how to have a structure throughout the day. At the end of the day, no matter what your goal is, it's all the same. It's all it's same. Attention and focus because that is your biggest resource that you have more than time, more than anything mm-hmm. is your attention because you have all these companies, all these ads, all these TV shows, whatever, trying right. to pull at your attention, including right. your job as well. Right. So how you manage your attention and your focus just like finances, how you manage it efficiently in order to achieve your goal mm-hmm. is uh, whatever that goal may be is, I believe, is the biggest thing that stops people because we have so many distractions. And like you said before, there were distractions back then as well. But if we're speaking in the context of today, there's so many distractions in the world right now that your attention can be pulled away easily. Yeah, it's a lot of distractions in the past as well, but distractions today are... Uh, are smarter, they're wiser, they're more strategic because one thing we got really good at tapping is human nature. We got really good at tapping human behavior. And so if you're a company, you've figured out, you know, what stimulates the human mind more so than you would in the the early 1900s. So like Activision, for example, that's um, the one that owns um, Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. Um, they know what they know how to keep dopamine running into the brains of people who are playing the game. They know how to get different rewards. They know how to get people different adrenaline. They know how to add communication because social the social aspect of gaming is just just a social aspect in all form of uh, gaming and sports. They add a lot of different things in there. You can you can pay to play uh, competitions and things like that. Well, as a company that focuses on gaming. Their whole, you know, their whole work by design is to make you get immersed in it. We forget time and and you allocate your resources and let it. Like I said, all the whole thing about being wealthy, whole thing about continuing wealth is trying to funnel the money all back to you. And so mm-hmm. companies like that are just trying to funnel the money back to them. And it starts with your attention. It starts with your attention. So absolutely.